starting in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. Hopefully you're there. If not, maybe you can look on with somebody beside you. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Love these little verses. Uh, They speak to me so much, and I think they speak to you and to our culture so much. Uh, Jesus was great friends with many people in his life. Uh, There was a group that he was particularly fond with. We see over and over in scriptures that Mary, Martha, their brother Lazarus, and Jesus had a special connection. They're often referred to each other like family, like the best of friends. We see them together a lot. Um, if you remember when Lazarus dies, it's a time, remember you get the shortest verse in scripture. Anybody know what it is? Well, one of the shortest. Jesus wept, right? We see great emotion and that relational connection between Jesus and this family. And here we see that Jesus is coming through Bethany, And Bethany happens to be the place where Mary and Martha are actually from. They have a house there. And what we see is that as Jesus is going through with his disciples, they get to Bethany. And they obviously are needing a place to stay. They're needing some food to eat. Anybody ever had family just pass through town and they call you up one day and they're like, yo, I'm going to be in Memphis in like 20 minutes. And you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Sometimes that's how I feel. Um, But interestingly here, You've got Jesus and his disciples that come into town. But Martha, Martha's house, what we see here is what? Verse 38, a woman named Martha, what did she do? She welcomed them and him into her home. So Martha here is going, hey guys, why don't you come hang out with us? We'll take care of you. We'll feed you tonight. You got a place to stay. We'd love to have you here. Awesome, right? But interestingly... We have this account in scripture. Something interesting happens in the house. What you have is Martha who invites them in, all right? And you have this contrast of personalities because it's not just Martha there, but who else is there? Her sister, right? Mary. Anybody have a sibling that's different than they are? Yeah. (laughs) Somebody just laughed. I think their sibling is here. Um, Yeah. Sometimes siblings can be really different. It's crazy that we have the same parents. But here in this house, you see two sisters and they are very different in their personalities. And you know what guys, difference in personalities are not always bad. Sometimes I get frustrated with people who are not just like me, but honestly, (laughs) we need to appreciate the fact that not everybody's just like us because everybody's just like me. Oh, heaven forbid, right? Um, And you need to recognize that differences in personalities are good things. And we need to learn to appreciate the diversity of how God makes us. Just at, at surface level, what you see is a difference in personalities. Verse 39, what's it say? It says that she has a sister called Mary. What's Mary doing? She's sitting at the Lord's feet, right? Listening 
to the Lord's teaching. You ever have, you ever known somebody, maybe you are the person who, their personality type is one of contemplation, you know? If you had a choice between sitting and meditating or getting up and being busy, you'd rather sit and meditate. You'd rather enjoy people or you'd rather just take a walk in the park and just be still and have space and quiet. Anybody like that? Anybody know anybody like that? Right? That's Mary. She's very humble. She's very devoted. It seems that she is just that kind of quiet, more contemplative personality type. Martha, her sister, on the other hand, what is she doing? Verse 40. And she's in the kitchen, man. She didn't want to sit down. Okay, who are the people in the room that when they sit down longer than 10 minutes, it kind of makes them a little bit nervous? Anybody? Okay, yeah. Like if you sit still too long, it's kind of like, uh-oh, I've got to have something to do. I'd rather be doing something, playing with something, serving something. We just, busybody types. Anybody know anybody like that? Yes, Martha is that person, right? She would rather be up and going than just sitting down. My grandmother was like this. Sometimes it used to drive me crazy. We'd go to her house and I really want to see my memo. I call her memo. But she has this, she is a busybody. She's a servant heart. She would be in the kitchen constantly. We just got finished eating and then she, as soon as it's done, I'm like, Mama, why don't you come and sit with me, you know? And she's back in the kitchen working on the midnight snack or whatever it is. It's just like, she's just constantly busy doing this or that and God bless people like that, right? So difference in personalities, not a bad thing. But something interesting begins to happen that I think is the reason that this account is here in Scripture. Because look at verse 40. We have Mary and we have Martha. Both are in the same house. Both are being Mary. Both are being Martha. But then in verse 40, we see it says, Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went. Something goes wrong here. Because she goes up to Jesus. And she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then, get up off her butt and help me. Sorry, I didn't say that. That was my translation. Um, tell her to get up and help me, right? Somehow, something goes on in Martha's heart. Now, this is, going, this is going beyond just what we see on the external personality level, and this is getting to something deeper going on in the heart, where she gets so consumed with all the tasks that have to be done that she begins to think probably more of herself than she ought, and not just happy to be how God has created her and to serve how God has created her, but now she's suddenly becoming selfish, suddenly becoming frustrated, suddenly becoming bitter about how much she has to do, and now her sister is being her sister once again, and she's just sitting around looking at the clouds or something, you know, and not helping And she thinks everybody ought to help like she's helping. And doesn't she know there's so much to do? Why is she just sitting there? Have y'all ever had these conversations with other people where you get frustrated? Anybody had a coworker and you, you know, it just frustrates you because you think they're so darn different than me and I just don't like the way they are. And you think you've, you're the hero, become the hero of the day because you're doing everything they're not doing and all this kind of stuff. This happens, typical familial conflict here. But what Jesus responds to her says to me and says to you and to us that what's going on in Martha's heart is, should not be going on. Something has happened in her life, in her heart at this moment, that shouldn't be there. Because in verse 41, look at what it says. It says, the Lord answered her and says this, Martha, Martha. 
you could just see how she's been so worked up. God, ah, get her in here! You know, and she's just so worked up. And Jesus calmly, Martha, Martha, you, what does he say? Are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What Jesus is revealing here is something deeper than just the external personality, but the inward state of these two sisters' hearts. There's nothing wrong with serving, and there's nothing wrong with sitting. There's nothing wrong with preparing a meal for disciples and for Jesus. My goodness, didn't they have to eat? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with serving the Lord and being a busybody. There's nothing wrong with sitting. But there is something wrong when in your heart you have misplaced priorities. And what Jesus is showing to Martha here is that her priorities have gotten out of whack. Mary's, on the other hand, she's got her priorities in order. He says this by saying, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. The word in Greek literally means to be split apart. It's like to be torn apart, split in two and like twisted around where you feel like you've got one part of your heart going this place and one part of your heart going this place and one part of your heart going this place and you don't know which one you're supposed to be doing and so it just makes you crazy. Anybody ever feel like this sometimes? It just makes you crazy because I'm supposed to be doing this, supposed to be doing this and this. And I can just imagine the elaborate meal that Martha wanted to prepare because she's just that good at serving. All of these dishes she's got to prepare, and then she's got Jesus in here, and Martha and Mary's sitting there on her rump, and you know, all the oh, oh, and she just has gone wild. And what Jesus is trying to show her is Martha, in your heart, you are in a torn up place. You are so freaking out and you are so torn and divided and your heart is just not in a good place because of all of these things that you have put yourself the center of and it's not even the most important thing somehow you have gotten distracted you have gotten frustrated you have gotten selfish you have gotten so feeling like you have to control everything And be involved in everything that you are actually neglecting in your heart. The most important thing. And that is your relationship with me. What good is it, Martha, if you give yourself to all of those things? And granted, the scary part about this little passage is those things that she's she's serving Jesus. It's not like she's off doing something crazy or doing something sinful or doing something that would not benefit the Lord. I mean, she's her heart is to serve Jesus and his ministry and his people. And yet, in even in doing the good thing, Jesus is saying, what good is it to do all of that good thing, to give yourself to all of those things when you're missing the most important thing? We've been in this series, Relate. We're taking a pause from it for this week. But it very much is involved in this. What good are all of these other relationships, all of these other priorities, if you are neglecting the most fundamental relationship that actually is the foundation, the fuel, the power to live in right relationship 
with everything else. To do everything else that I want you to do, you've got to first be with me. You see what he's saying? And that's why he goes back to Mary and he says, look, you're anxious and troubled, split apart by many things. And then verse 42, how interesting is this? But one thing is necessary. Only one thing, guys, is necessary, Jesus is saying. And Mary has chosen the good portion. If there's a choice between doing everything and neglecting everything else but neglecting your relationship with God versus prioritizing a relationship with God even if everything else cannot get done, if that's a choice in your life, then the better choice, the good portion every time would be to focus on your relationship with God, even if everything else has to be put on the back burner. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what he's saying. And he says, if you do that, like Mary is doing that, again, it's not about being a sitter or being a doer. It's about where Mary's heart was, being one of devotion. She was hungry for the words of Jesus. She knew that, like John 6 says, that Jesus' words had in them life. Like Luke 4 said, man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. She knew that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. She knew that Jesus came and he was the word of life. Her heart was in a place of hungering and thirsting after God and after the things of God. That's what Jesus is commending, not just that she's sitting down, but that in her heart, she wants more than anything to know the Lord, to be with him, to be devoted to him and to receive all that he has to give. Jesus is in her house, my word. Where she wants to be the most is with him, is with him. Better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. I want to be with God. That's Mary's heart. And that's what Jesus is commending. And he's saying, Martha, 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 Martha. Sounds like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Martha, Martha. He's saying, Martha, this world is passing away with all of its desires. First John chapter 2 desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. These desires, this world is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. Oh, Martha, Martha, seek first, Matthew 6, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be given unto you. Oh, Martha, Martha, 1 Peter chapter 2, don't you realize that only what's done for the Lord on the last day will stand through the final judgment? Everything else will pass away and be burned up, consumed like a fire. Oh, Martha, Martha, only one thing is the most important thing, and you've, in your heart, neglected it. Oh, Martha, Martha, won't you come back? Won't you come and just realize that a relationship with me is the most important and it's really all that you need? Where's your heart, Martha? That's what Jesus is saying. 
In our culture, guys, I, I know because I live in it, I feel the pressure so much. We so value productivity over intimacy. It's just the reality of our culture. And it's sinful that we define ourselves more by what we do than who we are. And what Jesus is saying here to us is, listen, you can do a lot of things, even really good things, but if you forget who you are and the fact that you belong to me and you need a relationship with me more than any of the things that I want from you. I want you and your heart. I want a relationship with you. I want the highest priority of your life to be me. If you do all those other good things and somehow miss that, you have missed it all. We've got to be careful in our culture. And so many of us, I know, I'm looking around, all of you, all of us, you are good people and you are striving to do good things. But you can't define yourself by what you do, but by rather who you are. You cannot do that. You cannot value productivity over your intimacy with Christ. If your work does not come from a heart of worship, then your work in the end will not last. Our starting place has to be that sweet, intimate place of fellowship with God. It has to be. I think he would look at a lot of us today and say, Oh, Martha, 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 you are so tired and distracted and worn out and fretting and even frustrated and become bitter and selfish about so many things, even good things. But only one thing, Martha, you Martha's in this room, only one thing is necessary. And that is a heart that loves me above all other things. I encourage you this morning, if that's you, why don't you just confess that to God? Why don't you just come back to him? He's not wanting to add another thing to your to-do list. He's saying, I I just want your heart every day. (laughs) I want you to love me more than anything else. It's not another thing to do. It's saying, I can't do anything else unless I have this, unless I have this most important thing. Maybe that's you today. We're going to spend some time in quiet reflection as we close our worship and fellowship this morning. And I just want to ask you a few questions this morning. I'm gonna ask each one and then leave some space. So this is designed not for you just to stare at me, but for you to get in some position where you can truly be with God and allow him to minister to you this morning. One thing we know from scripture is that if we're far from God, it's not because of God. It's because of us. The word says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever might believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He has done everything needed for us to come close to him. It sometimes feels that our fears and our sins and our 
past, they can keep us away. Even the coldness and deadness of what we feel in our hearts. We think, oh, God wouldn't want us. But I'm telling you this morning that he loves you and he does want you. And he gave his son that you might come near. My first question for you this morning, and you can just spend some time with God, is that is God and your relationship with him truly your highest priority? In other words, I want you to spend a few minutes thinking about this. Are you seeking anything in your life more than you are seeking God? God has shown you something this morning, would you just confess that to him? He's here. He hears what you say. Even if it's just, you don't even know how to say it. Just say, God, you know, this is more important. And I know that I've been seeking that more than you. And I just, I'm sorry. I know I need you the most, God. I don't really know how to do that. But Lord, I just want to come back to you. I want to learn what it means to love you the most and to be with you. Scripture promises that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. second question I would ask this morning is, are there any other relationships in your life that are more important to you than your relationship with God? The Bible is clear that our highest priority, our deepest relationship, our greatest longing should be the relationship that we have with God. If there are other relationships that come first, would you just confess those this morning and say, God, I want that relationship with you more than any of these other ones. final question 
for us this morning is do you value productivity over intimacy with God? Even productivity for God, do you value that more than intimacy with God? Scripture says that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First, we should want to be with God. And all the other things that we give ourselves to will find their proper place after we prioritize him. On the last day, Jesus says that some will come to him and say, Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do this and do this and do this for you? And he will say, depart from me for I never knew you. There are some who are so busy that they actually miss the thing that they need the most, and that is a relationship with God. For you, what's more important, productivity or intimacy? And if it's productivity at the expense of intimacy, I pray this morning that you would come back to a place of saying, God, I want to be intimate with you. I want all of my work to flow from my worship and enjoyment of who you are. Don't let me miss it, God. Maybe that's what you pray right now. we thank you for how you're working in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you for the sweet reminder this morning that all that we need is you, God. Help us, Lord, to seek the one thing that is necessary, to choose the good portion, the portion that will not be taken from us. Help us, Lord, to truly, God, love you, to be happy with you, to find all that we need in